0: This is Matt and Adam from Bears His Teeth, and you're listening to our chapter of As the Story Grows.
1: Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows, I'm Brian Patton. This week, I'm excited to finally share my chat with Adam Baker and Matt Hartman from Bears His Teeth. My absolute favorite conversations on this podcast are the ones where I feel like I'm chatting with lifelong friends, and that's what chatting with Matt and Adam felt like. There's a lot of fun conversation about growing up as fans of hardcore, and the scene both guys came up through, as well as a quick look into both Matt and Adam's band history. Then we talk about how a Facebook group led to starting a band in the midst of a pandemic, the influences that inspired Bears His Teeth Sound, Where the Name Came From, and their debut single, Hope Like an Ocean, which is available tomorrow, September 24th, as part of Friend Club Records on Second Thought Compilation. You can pre-order that on Bandcamp digitally or on cassette, which is close to selling out, so snag a copy quickly. A link to pre-order is in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's chat with Adam Baker and Matt Hartman.
0: I remember seeing Overcome at Cornerstone in 96.
2: And that was right after
0: they went into the uh, unbroken phase of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They showed up in Levi's 501s, like, (laughs) pegged with, like, they actually, I think they used, like, black like motor oil. No. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. And it, it was, we were all like, what is happening? And why aren't they wearing jinkos <laughs> with Adidas? This is not right. <laughs> <I'm> like,
2: right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing stories of the Cali hardcore kids with like driving like fifth cars from the 50s and doing all that.
0: Uh-oh. And I thought that was the craziest thing. It was a crazy deal. And oh, yeah. Every Dan. single one of us got thin jeans after that, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dan from Zayo coming out with the overalls and the, the slick back with the Doc Martens. Like. Right.
0: <laughs> yes, the overalls. It's yeah. creepers, man. Giant, oh, yeah. giant creepers. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's great. Well, thanks for having us on. This is yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, man, where to start so much. Well, let's just start. Let's start with you, Adam. Um, where'd you grow up and uh, what got you into music?
0: Oh, man. Um so I'm mostly from Ohio. We moved yeah. there in 1984 from South Africa, actually, and um, just grew up listening to a lot of 80s hair metal radio, which is good for everyone's soul, like lots of ballads. And I came across, I think it was Green Day's Dookie. Some, like I heard a song on the radio, and that was the very first, like, show that wasn't with my parents like wasn't watching the chieftains or something like that play (laughs) and uh yeah i went and saw dookie and i had a friend invite me to go see starflyer 59 and the prayer chain uh after that and it was all over i just i went from making like homemade mxpx shirts to uh meeting the guys in six feet deep and uh yeah hardcore kind of changed my life after that so it's why i do what i do it's um it's shaped everything kind of about my understanding of community and uh, how to connect with other people, advocacy, justice, the whole
1: nine yards. So that's awesome. What about you, Matt? Um,
3: Yeah. Most of my music connection is just growing up listening to Christian music. So it's the, the traditional, like grew up in a church kind of, uh, you know, listen to music your parents let you. Um, and then I got into some cooler, like, Christian Christian hip-hop, um, bands like Deliverance and uh, Deliverance. some of the early Christian metal. Um, and then when I went to college, that's kind of when things changed. Um, Tooth and Nail had just started putting out stuff in 94, so um, you know, got into uh, MXPX. I actually saw um, Prayer Chain and um, Six Feet Deep and a bunch of bands that in Elgin, Illinois, at Hardcore '94, we were so, just talking
0: about that. Yeah, nice. that's awesome, man.
3: Yeah, so we, yeah, so Adam and I probably were at the same shows. Oh, it's a guarantee.
0: Because
3: um, <laughs> 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 we were, I, you know, I lived in, um, I kind of lived all over. My dad was a minister, um, but so it's still Midwest, so Indiana, Michigan, and in Illinois. So we we probably did cross paths at so some time.
0: Oh, it's it's almost a guarantee. I remember hearing about those Elgin, Illinois, six feet deep shows; like they were legendary. Because um, we only—I was a Cleveland hardcore kid, like, okay. Just straight up um, going. To, we saw Zeo like every other weekend, nice. and it was all Splinter Shards era. So we just traveled around, and we I mean, we were so frequent at those shows that they knew us as like, what was it? It was like the, oh, the, the, the like, Cleveland crew or something like that. <laughs> like, it's the only time in my life I've been in like, a crew that isn't a tough guy crew. Yeah. Um,
3: and I'd um, say it didn't really feel like a hardcore show when I saw them. Not no. Because later on, so Hardcore 94 was like six feet deep and then a bunch of like, alternative, grungish, punkish bands, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember those shows yeah yeah, for sure. yeah yeah so it wasn't your typical you know i even a little while later i saw strong arm in wheaton illinois at true tunes and that was kind of my first like hardcore show um and that's you know that was a very different scene a kind of different kind of mosh pit um, yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah it was, a, it was a good time i almost saw strong arm in cleveland matt but it was with Strongarm, and it was sixty Deep, and it was Zeo, and I think Disciple played that show. It was like the mother of all amazing shows that I should have been at. Yeah. But I was, I was very interested in a girl at the time, and she <laughs> bought me tickets to go see Sting, and that's what I went and saw instead. Oh. So I was the hardcore kid in hardcore gear at a Sting show, which <laughs> I was at the Strongarm show. So there you go. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: that's funny. I only got to see Strongarm, uh, their reunion, what was that, 2000, 2001? yeah yeah labor union okay. uh, which was awesome uh what got you both into uh playing in bands
0: go for it man okay
3: yeah sure um so when I went to college, you know that was kind of the the thing everyone had their guitars and you know I hung out with a kind of a crew that was music oriented um we went to i went to a private christian college um but we had this little club called the christian music society um which is a kind of funny name but it was all about sharing a cool cool christian music um so that was like the tie with tooth and nail um so all my friends were kind of involved with um promoting tooth and nail bands trying to get people to listen to them we were just all super excited about it so we started some silly bands um you know just just for fun with each other. We didn't really know how to play any of our instruments very well, but uh you know, that kind of changed um you know, once I got into hardcore um and got associated with some friends that knew how to play their instruments, you know, I I joined, you know, I formed a a small hardcore band um that summation um out of Kankakee, Illinois. So um and then the raging
0: Kankakee scene.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Actually there was some history that I didn't know about. Some really, band- dude? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, so before I was even into hardcore, Chokehold played there. Um, probably '94, '95. Um, and I, I didn't even know about it because I didn't know what real hardcore music was. Um, so yeah, I missed that. Um there was a band <laughs> from called Extinction, um, from that area. Um and so there's ties to uh You know, the Chicago hardcore scene, some crossover there too. So, but, you know, once I was in summation and started playing shows and um, some of my other friends from college were in a band called Subsist. um, And they were just kind of getting started in the kind of the Christian hardcore scene. Um, So once we found out they were losing a couple members, the drummer and I joined that band. Um, So uh, it was my friend, Mike. Um, who was in Summation, he joined Subsist. So that was that was a much bigger band for us. We actually had a tour band. Um, we didn't really tour too much, just weekends. But, you know, that's kind of a big thing to go from planning your shows out of your car to, like, all getting in a van. Um, so that was a step up.
1: Yeah. How did you guys get on the uh, Radio Waves and Gibberish compilation? You know, that was – I,
3: I was don't that before have a you? good answer. Yeah, that okay. was before okay. me. So that was one of the very first things they did. Um and I'm assuming, I, I know that they were friends with the guys from Zeo um, and probably even like Matt Traxler or something. Um, yeah. So yeah that, was, yeah, that was a very early recording. But
0: That's the first place I ever heard subsist. I told Matt about this, but like um, I bought that from Traxler way, whenever it got first released. I think I might have bought it through his old Steadfast zine that he used to do. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that dude introduced me to so much good music back in the day. Um, but, yeah, that Radio Wave, Subsist, and uh, Fessy Del Signore, all sorts of other like crazy, crazy bands. <laughs> good stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that people definitely, they, they'll remember Subsist from that if they were kind of in that scene, um, which is cool. We would have guys from uh, Disciple um, come up and be like, hum a few bars of that song restraint or you know so that was that was pretty cool that was a cool feeling um then from then I went on to uh joining a a band called dead to fall um which is kind of a at the gates mosh core band um and we were just a local chicago band um and you know we got we were became friends with the the people that worked at victory records um so we you know, we recorded our demo in Detroit. Um, drove all the way to Detroit, slept on the studio floor. Um, recorded that with Mike Casey from Walls of Jericho and Earthmover. Um, and then, kind of, wouldn't say our whole plan was to always um, go after Victory Records, but we were pretty good friends with the people that worked there. So, um, we got that demo to them as quick as we could. Um, and it, that worked out pretty well. Yeah.
1: But you left the band like shortly after signing to Victory, right? I did. Yeah. What What led to that?
3: <laughs> yeah. So you know, I was a good bit older. I mean, relatively now it doesn't seem that much older, but you know, <laughs> you know, I had I had been out of college for a couple of years, um, and really, uh, it was kind of the time in my life where I had to make a choice. You know, do I do I want to do this? tour in a band that doesn't really make a lot of money. I mean, Victory Records was, was an achievement and we, you know, I felt really good about that and I liked the label, but um, really it was a choice for me. Just kind of, do I want to focus on a career, focus on, um, you know, a relationship? I was dating um, uh, my now wife. Um, so really there was a kind of, it was a big choice. Um, you know, I really haven't done any music since then um and that's you know that's been about two thousand two so um so that's part of why I'm so excited to 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 make all these connections again um you know to start making music with Adam and all the all my friends online and I've been like reaching out to people that I used to know um that were in the scene or worked at victory so it's it's really amazing that you know, you could do something 20 years ago and then just be like, Hey, and you can just pick up like you never stopped. Yeah. It's
1: you know? awesome. Adam, what about you? What's your band history look like? My band
0: history is not as illustrious as Mr. <laughs> Hartman's. Um, yeah, like we, I've been in two bands in my entire life and both of them were just with buddies like, the second one I played some shows around Canton, Ohio with. But the first one was in uh, Northwest Ohio in the summer of 98 and 1999. We were called Mid-Autumn, and, which, of course, is a good emo-y, hardcore band yeah. name if there ever was one. You could tell exactly what kind of music we played. Um, or as the as the Branson guys uh, uh, fondly referred to it, Mid-Atom, um, <laughs> when we played with them. And, uh, yeah, it was just some buddies and I, they... Basically, gave me a guitar and taught me how to palm mute so I could be part of the rhythm section. <laughs> and I danced around and screamed and yelled things. And that was it. Um, but uh, the only other band I've ever really been in was a band called Toledo Knives. And you can actually find our stuff on Bandcamp. It's a pretty terrible recording. So, uh, you know, judge, judge not too terribly. I still remember. That was just a lot of fun. It was, it was great to play a bunch of shows, write some music with friends, and um, I haven't been so much in bands as I've helped bands. Like, I am a graphic designer and an illustrator, so I've done, uh, I co-owned a creative company called Three Bears Design for about eight or nine years, and we did a ton of work um, kind of made a dream list when we started of bands we'd love to work with. And by the end of our time together, we had done all of those and more without advertising. So um, everybody from me without you to cloud kicker to um, we did lot dispute. I did a bunch of different t-shirts for a bunch of different bands and merch and things like that. But yeah, that's something I still do and I have a lot of fun doing did the illustrations for narcissists for their um Hi. becoming leviathan record which is something that people seem to know and care about so um yeah it's just it's still fun to do that but this was just a bunch of friends online <laughs> who used <laughs> to play in bands who are now like married and or dads with full-time jobs <laughs> saying we're, we're all quarantined man do you want to play some music and um
1: it's turned into something Yeah, People have released music during COVID. Yeah, The releasing of music is still happening. But you guys decided to start a band during quarantine. (laughs) Um, And you kind of talked about that conversation. How'd that that look? How'd you guys all get connected uh, to form this band?
3: Yeah, Adam, you can probably give the history of the... So there's this kind of a chat group that we're all in. And I'm kind of a newcomer to it. So Adam probably has a better history of how that started.
0: Well, we have a a common friend who actually plays bass for us. His name is Daniel Johnson. And he started this online Facebook group, which has swelled in ranks to like ten or 12,000 people. And it's called Midwest Emo Posting. So you know exactly what that's about. And sure enough, we spend a lot of time talking about and sharing the music that we've loved from emo bands from the 90s and 2000s. Um, And uh, kind of a subgroup kind of kicked off where there was just some of us chatting who kind of realized that we have common faith backgrounds or, um, just enjoy one another. And we've, uh, been friends who've chatted back and forth. And I think when quarantine kind of started just sort of laughingly, uh, there were a bunch of us, we, we kind of tossed out into the ether and said, Hey, would anybody be interested in making some music? Ha. <laughs> and, uh, Four of us responded yes, and we just started throwing some ideas back and forth. And um, we looked for a drummer. Um, I had suggested a couple friends of mine. One was uh, Mark Nix from Cool Hand Luke, and he was interested, but he's also a dad, so <laughs> he is very busy and was not able to take part. Um, and uh, But my friend Matt Putnam uh, from...
1: A million bands,
0: million bands. Yeah. Million I met, bands. I met Matt like back in the S O Karras days, back in 96 when, uh, their website was still on angel fire and <laughs> he, I ordered t- two shirts from them through the mail. And I remember getting a phone call from that dude. Cause they sent me the wrong one or ran out or something. He was super <laughs> apologetic and I was trying to play it cool. Like I wasn't freaking out that S O guy, <laughs> guy was calling me. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been friends since then. And, um, have just stayed in touch. And, uh, when I asked him, he said, sure. And and we've just started hammering away, man. And it's been super encouraging, super encouraging.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, honestly, it's been the strangest thing. Um, just the way to make music this way is so different than, you know, if I, if I would have told myself 20 years ago that you could do all this, you know, from your basement, um, <laughs> in different places, right. Um, it's just it's crazy how we can record parts, send them to each other, get them back and the songs that we're writing are I think they're really different than they would have been if we were all sitting in a room playing together.
0: I agree. I agree. I think we spend more time with the parts that we send one another, like we kind of give ourselves space that we wouldn't necessarily have in a live practice space. And and realistically what's interesting is that like, this is the second time I've ever video chatted with Matt. Like right now. <laughs> that's true. Like I that's just hilarious. found out what his voice sounded like the other day. Right. And, and I think four, four fifths of us have never met one another in person.
3: I'll say. And the first time I've heard Adam's voice is when he recorded a spoken word, spoken word part on one of our songs.
0: <laughs> that's right. I forgot.
3: Him. Cause I, I only had ever heard him sing until then. So yeah,
1: that's so awesome. Was there a, uh, conversation about music style and direction you wanted to go and, and sound you were hoping to, uh, yes go in that direction towards? Yeah,
3: so, you know, I think I actually posted the first message and said, Hey, who wants to start a band that sounds like Fiddlehead? Um, <laughs> right. So that, that was kind of my first attempt. And then it got kind of like, well, you know, what about Jawbox? What about, you know, all these kind of angular bands? Um. Um, and it, I think Interpol got thrown in there and it was a really kind of big swirl of fan suggestions.
0: We did start off trying to sound like Fiddlehead because we all really liked that Fiddlehead full-length and their EP. And it, just what it comes down to is I can't sing like that. <laughs> and I, I am a terrible screamer. Like we'd get a song if I was screaming and I'd never be able to do anything ever again. <laughs> so... Yeah, we just kind of, I think it honestly came a lot from listening to the new Quicksand, um, mm-hmm. which is this just powerful
1: record. It's so good. It's so good, so man. Good.
0: Uh-huh. Um, but the thing that we, I think we all love about that is that there's such inventiveness in regard to the music, but it's freaking heavy. And the dude has a great voice that he uses. Like it's it's uh, much more melodic than like Slip or like those early records. Um, yeah i think that record really kind of freed us up to say like we could just do whatever the crap we want to do
1: that's cool and uh who's taking the lead on like writing if if anybody i mean you're kind of all doing it at home sending parts around uh.
0: (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like it, it varies sometimes uh our one guitarist uh Nat Danger, as we so lovingly call him, Nathaniel Fitzgerald, who's in another band called Spaceships that everybody should check out. They just released a new record, and it's beautiful and amazing. Yeah, it's very good, yeah. Um, He will sometimes write parts and bring it to the table, um, but Matt also writes a lot of parts as well, Um, just kind of riffs, kind of bringing things in. What do you think about this? Here's some robo drums. This could possibly give us an idea. Um, And we just kind of built things slowly that way,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of it is I just turn on the robo drums and start playing. Um, and I'll get something that sounds cool. And if someone doesn't write back, like, cause we'll, we have a, a Slack group that we talk in and you know, I'll, I'll post it and if I don't hear back in 15 minutes or so, I'll just keep adding to it. Um, until someone writes me back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'll just send over a, you know, a small riff. Sometimes it's a pretty layered, um, you know, with a couple of riffs, but it's, it's a, it's a lot of back and forth, um, which, you know, it's, is a very, like I said, it's a very different way of writing music than I'm used to. Um, it's, so I think that the sound comes off that way. Um, when, when you'll hear our stuff, there's just a ton of depth and layers to it. Um, and I think it's because of how we're writing it.
0: I think the layers is key because I mean, Matt, you'll start with guitar parts, and Nat will add guitar parts on top of that. Um, Daniel will come in with his bass, which just like transforms the world. And, uh, and then I'll probably bring vocals in, which alters the whole mood of things. And we might fiddle around some more before sending it off for live drums. And then we tweak it from there and make additions as we go. So there are so many layers to what we're making, um, which is just a
1: blast. That's awesome. I assume it's through uh, spaceships. That's how you guys got connected with uh, friend club records.
0: Well, actually Daniel uh, co-owns friend club. Like, oh, he, okay. he helps run that. So oh. and our friend Rob, who's also in our little chat group is the other guy who runs friend club records. So uh, they very generously and pretty naturally said, since they're putting out everybody else who are, we're all friends with, <laughs> they said, Hey, do you want to do something with it? and we're, we're really excited about releasing um, whatever we put out with
1: them. That's awesome. The, the first single you're unleashing is uh, Hope Like the Ocean. What's, what's the theme of that song?
0: Mm, so I think like it, it. there's no kind of mistake that we're making the music that we're making in the midst of global pandemic and the great, in the midst of just profound social unrest where I kind of feel like um, a lot of stuff that we could kind of pass over or deny, like the whole claim that racism doesn't exist because we passed the Civil Rights Voting Act and all that stuff back in the 60s. Like all of that has been it's like, a, like a, a Band-Aid's been left in place for three decades, and it's finally been ripped off. Um, and what people pretended were, uh, were healed wounds have just been shown to be as, as, as nasty as they've always been, if not worse. And so, um, yeah, I think that all of our songs kind of have, at least lyrically, uh, kind of a lot of basis in current events. Um, trying to find hope in the midst of all of this because it, it feels at many times like we're in the freaking upside down. It's like I've stepped yeah. through, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. This looks like the world that I knew, and yet it is entirely different. Um, and and it's it's what's weird is that so many of the people and persons that we've known or the institutions that we kind of thought we understood have been unveiled as, as something other than what they've always been, or at least what we thought they've always been. Um, And so Hope Like the Ocean is um, just kind of in the midst of that, in the midst of uncertainty, really trying to come to grips with um, just scrabbling at faith, scrabbling at uh, the hope that there is something better, something beautiful. Um, And really, like, I just cling to the fact that even a small seed of hope is enough to transform the world, especially when it's shared among people. Um and that's really what that song is about. It's really saying like we we need to cling to the hope, even a small hope, that things can be better and different.
1: That's awesome. So that single will release September twenty fourth, uh as part of a Friends Club compilation, is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll be premiered on the twenty second. Okay. Um on uh, scene point blank, I believe.
1: So awesome. What's what's the future look like? Is there a, a full length or an EP that you guys are working towards? We've got some
0: pretty good momentum. I think Matt yeah. would agree with me. Like right now, um, we are working to tweak and finish um, at least two other songs, and I'd say three or four are in the Pike and uh, in the pipe or whatever. I just don't use adage as well. Um, they're they're being worked on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we're well on our way to the possibility of a full length record or at least a long EP. And we're just, I think we're all just stoked to make music that we love and share it with people. And the fact that people are actually pretty excited about it is humbling and, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome.
3: Yeah. We just kind of had the same discussion today. Um, we, we talk on as a band on Facebook and our little group a lot and, you know, it's like I think we have an LP in us, and we're like, "Well, oh, let's one song at a time." Um, so, you know, there's—I think there's a—we're—we're we're super excited, and we—we we would love to put out um, an LP or you know, a, like Adam said, a, a long EPM. And we—we we have, I think, we will have the material. Um, we're, but we're also kind of taking it one song at a time, and mm-hmm. um, you okay. know. Yeah. And that's i mean it's different if we're recording it you know as we go um it's different than even just going to a studio and having to, to lay down an album so um we're just kind of seeing how it evolves
0: and there's a lot of freedom in that too like this isn't our uh, bread and butter you know we're all working other jobs um but it is a source of of like joy and creativity for us and I think the kind of phrase that we've been using is we might as well pull out all the stops. We might as well uh, just kind of call in any favors we've ever had. We might as well, like, just make any connections that, like, Matt's talking about talking with people he's known for years, and the same with me. Uh, And just slowly working to make songs that we are just crazy proud of. And and that's really what's happening, like, in a way that just continues to blow my mind.
1: That's cool. Yeah, Matt, is it, like going from being in a touring hardcore band signing to victory the demoing to yeah just me and my friends that we met on the internet making an album <laughs> in our basement. It's like what's what's that like to like take a 20-year break and then come back and make music in your basement and like i, I guess have people be just as excited as as dead to fall in those early days right like
3: right right yeah it's, it's a trip um it's kind of like I my musical career, I just freeze-dried it. Um <laughs> put put in cryo sleep for twenty years and you know, and I didn't know I hadn't played guitar seriously since then. Um you know, so I had, you know, self-doubts about that. Um, but you know, it's just super encouraging to to write a riff and then send it to your friends and um, you know, they say how awesome or they love it. Um and you know that kind of that part in me that that made music that was a huge part you know i did that until i was probably 24 25 years old um when i left dead to fall um so really a, you know that being dormant for 20 years like i'm just like super excited to do this again um and even if it's i mean i we have no ambitions of touring and you know <laughs> any any of that um but you just with the technology that, and then the stuff we can use to share our music and get it out there, um, it's crazy, and it's just crazy that these connections are almost instant again. Um, you know, the people that I haven't reached out to in forever, um, they're you know they're happy to hear from me. Um, it's it's always been a crazy scene, um, the hardcore scene, um, and it's been hard to explain to people that didn't like weren't part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the connections that I made, like there was a guy on, um, <clears throat> Adam's page that was like, he heard about our band and was like, Hey, Matt, Matt Hartman from, you know, X summation X, which is like that. Like, small little band that i was in
0: first one yeah. yeah he's
3: like i i'm so glad he's doing new stuff i'm like how does this guy even know about that band and so i talked to him and he's like yeah he's like i you know i saw you guys um when you played with subsistence and zeo and uh you know we talked and hung out and he's like i just really you know was into what you were doing and it just blew me away that you know that someone even remembered that about that band um but that's that's like the connections that were made back then um, it's, it's crazy
0: that's a guy who I'm friends with because his bland, his band played with my first band a few times in Northwest Ohio, and so like realistically, the scene all around the country is not that big you know we probably we're probably talking about like i don't know at any point in the nineties, probably like six to eight hundred people who are kind of like fundamentally moving around or making music or stuff like that and it's just crazy to kind of think those connections are easily revivable and that i mean all of us are like i'm 42 and like it's just such a blast to be able to kind of be like hey do you want to be a part of this <laughs> We're, we still listen to this music every single one of us um we may look professional during the day but you know i'm i'm throwing down in a pit in my heart any any time <laughs> I'm driving to work or anything like that shouting along so it's a lot of fun
1: right that underground hardcore punk indie scene is so small and then when you boil it down to like the christian subset it's even smaller And so small between festivals and bands like people (laughs) like randomly know each other and it's like those connections it's like you didn't know each other but you were both there and that connection lives on and then yeah it, it binds us all where'd that name come from
0: Well, uh, there is uh, a phrase in the Chronicles of Narnia where uh, they're talking about Aslan. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death, and when he shakes his mane, spring will come again. And given current realities, I was like, I think we could use some teeth bearing, some mane shaking. Let's make that happen. (laughs) So that was suggested, and everybody liked it.
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I think I saw on your Facebook page uh, you have the Dave Quiggle Narnia uh, yep. painting. And, yeah. 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 It's awesome. That's cool. Anything else? Do you want to share, guys? Oh, uh,
3: Adam, we didn't mention Dan's band.
0: Yes. Do you want to go ahead and talk about that?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Dan, um, Dan from, you know, Blaze Bass, um, he, uh, he has a band with his wife called The Bell and the Hammer. Um, how would you describe their music,
0: Adam? It's, it's kind of like an indie folk duo, lots of great harmonies. Um, I think that's one of the things that I love so much about this band is the people who play in it either make completely different music or listen to a lot of varied, varied music. Like we're, we're definitely not a bunch of like grumpy old men who just listen to metal. Like right. um, we come from a lot of really different backgrounds. And so, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, we just want to kind of take the opportunity to say, you know, listen to the Bell and the Hammer, which are on Frame Club's record. Listen to Spaceships, which is also releasing stuff on Frame Club. Um, And there's just a lot of really good music out there, and we're excited to support it and take part in it.
1: Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.
2: Start